He is the modern day Don Nealon. But Don Nealon's mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. He's bought into the program. As the hills of West Virginia resound with the sounds of going through football. It is a great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old gold boot. I was watching the ESPN today and they showed a little thing about uh, our game tonight in the poll. And the whole U.S. was covered in red. And the only state, the greatest state in the nation, was covered in blue. That was West Virginia. And that's why we won this game. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast, the Season 5 kickoff edition. Here we are, gentlemen, already kicking off the fifth season of the Country Roads Webcast as fall camp rapidly approaches. Starting in the next uh, few days here from the time we're recording. Can't wait to see it. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. How are you doing, everybody? And Bradley. What up? All right, gentlemen. So uh, this episode, of course, season five kickoff show. But what we're going to use this for is our little Big 12 preview here on the Country Roads webcast. Going to go through West Virginia's opponents in the Big 12 conference in the order that they'll face them on the schedule in the 2022 season and kind of talk a little bit about each one. And all three of us select where we think they'll end of this season in comparison to the Big 12 media poll. That'll be our main topic for this episode. But before we get into that, of course, kick this thing off the way we always like to with some off-topic babble, followed by some Mountaineer news. Off-topic babble, gentlemen, whoever wants to jump in, anything good you've seen lately, anything you've read, anything in your life you want to talk about, just, you know, shoot the shit here. Yeah, no, I'm still just finishing up a move. I'm actually, you know, out of West Virginia. I'm first time living out of West Virginia. I'm now in North Carolina. Uh, still not permanently set yet, so we're going to be getting another background change. But for right now, this is what we're going to have for a little while. But yeah, okay. just getting that finished up. I haven't really been doing much. Been watching some anime. Actually, I usually don't watch anime that much, but I've had so much time to kill that that's what I've been doing. So not much other than that, though. I can dig it. I've never really got into it, but uh, I've seen some yeah. episodes of Naruto with people, and I'm like, it's nothing I've ever seek out myself, but it's actually pretty cool. So, I mean, if I took the time to sit down, I'd probably get into it. But, yeah, congratulations on the move, though, man. I didn't know you are moving out yeah. of state. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's been hectic, but it's yeah, it's been nice. It's been really nice. We're actually in Charlotte now, so, you know, it's been <laughs> way better than oh, yeah. where we were at. So Carolina Panthers territory. It's my squad there. Oh, Keep yeah. pounding. Definitely gonna be looking for uh, looking into some Carolina games this year. Probably go to one or two. Go see Baker Cook down there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Uh, Stephen, what about you, man? Uh, what's been going on? Man, I know I've been talking about it a lot lately, like outside of talking about West Virginia. But like, I've been I've been still on my Avengers kick, man. I've been going back and watching some of these okay. movies that I need to get caught up on. Some of them that I'm rewatching. Rewatched. Uh, See, yesterday I watched the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I was trying to watch No Way Home, but I, I thought they had it on Disney Plus at one point. But I don't. I, don't, I guess they took it down. Maybe I knew I they mistaken. did at one point because uh, they put those on there. I thought the Tom Holland Spider Man's not long ago, but maybe they took it off for a period of time or something. I don't know. 
I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, I couldn't find it on there yesterday, but I watched the multi- Multiverse of Madness and then I watched the Eternals. Uh, so I'm just working on How'd getting you feel all about of Eternals. Those. I I could never really get into it. I tried to watch it a couple same. times. And I was getting ready to say the same thing. Like it's not for me. I don't know. It was yeah, not. Yeah, I haven't really watched any of the Marvel stuff really since Endgame because like I was like binged Endgame so hard that like I just couldn't do any more superhero movies for a little while. I should have like maybe I'll set back and well, most those. of this. Most of this phase was like the Disney Plus series anyway, so it was like they didn't have too many theatrical ones, really, just, you know, two or yeah. three. But I did see, you know, Comic-Con was, you know, since the last time we recorded, and uh, they did, I seen their Phase 5 and Phase phase 6. Looks like it has some good shit in there. are going to get Fantastic Four, uh, the Kang Dynasty, and then uh, eventually Secret Wars is going to be the next one that they're, big one they're building up to. So two more Avengers movies announced, you know, and those are going to be in 2025 and a lot of good stuff leading up to that. So if you're a Marvel fan and a you know, superhero fan, it's uh, still coming. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but they're like, they had, uh, they had black bolt in the multiverse of madness. And I don't know, like yep. that whole character, like it felt so DC ish, I guess you could say. Like, I don't know, just some, I, I thought that I was watching a DC moving whenever I was watching that part. Yeah, I'm not saying I, it's I know a bad what you thing, mean. But it just felt different. Yeah, that movie was different. That's why I liked it, though, because it felt like so much different than anything else Marvel's done. It definitely, you could tell that it was like they let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi with that one. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. But yeah, that's all I've yeah, really been, I, uh, been up to is watching those, those Marvel movies. I know, I know that's, I know that's right. I uh, finally did get to go. I went and seen Nope, uh, uh, you know, a couple of days after it came out. Finally, you know, Jordan Peele's new movie. Loved his first two. Loved us. Loved to get out, so I had to go check it out. And uh, I really did. I liked it a lot. I don't like it as much as I liked Us or Get Out. It's my third favorite of his three movies so far. But I still really did enjoy it. It has like, uh, to keep it spoiler free, it's like Jaws, but not in the water is what it feels like to me. It's really Spielberg esque. Mm-hmm summer blockbuster feel to it um alien movie though instead of a shark you know type type premise but uh really good overall it's like my number five of the year so far for 2022 but the thing i love jordan peele about of course you know is the like the hidden themes and social commentary he weaves in there and you can just go there and then after you see one of his movies spend hours looking up you know theories what does this mean you know did this have significance Mm -hmm. and stuff like and that's what i love about the jordan peele movie so I like it for that aspect, you know, more than anything, as I usually do. But uh, like I said, not my favorite out of his films, but I still really did enjoy it. So uh, that's one thing I watched. Um, Harley Quinn, the animated series. I don't know if y'all ever watched that, but it is funny as hell. One of my all-time favorite animated series now. It's on HBO Max. But the third season, they dropped the first three episodes of that. So I've been working on that. Uh, Got about two of those down. And then other than that, still uh, making my way through the uh, Backyard Brawl book, trying to get through that. I've Watched all the backyard brawls up to 2011, you know, the most recent ones. So, uh, working on finishing the book now, hopefully getting that done before the season kicks off. But yeah, that's about, that's what's been going on with me. Yeah. But doesn't that work? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to. Doesn't that work? Hey, man. Some things done. September 1st is fast approaching. Yeah, it is. That's right. Where are we at, Jordan? 37 days? Is that what it is? Uh, It's lower than that. 35. 35. Yeah. Yeah. 35 yeah. at the time we're recording this, probably 34, maybe 33 by the time you guys are hearing it uh, or, or viewing it if you're watching on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, it's getting really close. Uh, like I said, kicking off season five now. Next episode we're going to drop 
is we're going to do our annual season prediction roundtable, the 2022 edition, go through the schedule, come with up with our record predictions for the 2022 W football season. And we're going to have some special guests on that episode. We won't reveal that just yet, but be on the lookout for on our social media, which you can see on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, if you're listening on the audio side, our Twitter is at WU Country Roads and then Facebook and Instagram Country Roads webcast for our announcements of who those special guests will be for this year's season prediction roundtable, adding a couple more other than just us three, but that's always one of our favorite episodes. So that's what's coming down the pipe. And then of course, pit preview after that, but uh, off topic baggable se- segment, you know, gentlemen, anything else that you guys uh, want to add? No, I'm ready to talk about some football. All right. That being said, let's get into the Mountaineer News segment then. All right, Mountaineer News here. This is where we give you guys some football recruiting and basketball news, respectively. Um, We'll kick it off. Uh, Bradley, anything you got for us on the recruiting front news-wise? Yeah, no. So recruiting right now is pretty slow and calm. Most of the kids are focusing on their summer workout camps, and a lot of kids are really uh, looking to commit. Uh, I think there was a couple of big commitments around the country this week, but not for uh, WVU. We did offer Noah Devine's son. Um, I know he's not uh, Noah Devine Jr., but um, I lost his name off the top of my head. But I know we offered him. He's, uh, I think he's a class of 25 kid, and he looks good, got really quick feet. Um, I think he's also in that running back spot. Yeah, right now it's pretty calm for us in recruiting, but uh, we can look for you know some official visits to be getting set up here soon, and that's when you're really going to know who we're kind of focusing on because it seems so far with our recruiting uh, under Neil Brown the last couple of years that we really highly focus on just like a few recruits and really throw the whole bag at them. So once we start seeing kids lock in some official visits to some of these games and stuff, that's when we'll kind of know exactly where we're going to be standing out with some of the future of our program. So that's the recruiting news for now. Absolutely. Appreciate that, Bradley. Uh, really excited about a lot of that. Um, Noel Devine's son, you know, hopefully if he's half as talented as Noel Devine was, that'd be, a, that'd be a great pick up. So that's Bradley bringing us the recruiting news. We appreciate it, sir. Uh, flipping it over, Steven, what about some basketball news? Well, um, I think that the most notable basketball news that I guess I should point out is something that if you're a Mountaineer fan and you haven't wanted this or haven't pushed for this, um, then – then you're not a true Mountaineer fan, but Bob Huggins is finally going to be inducted into the, the basketball hall of fame. Um, so that's some, some big news um, coming out of Morgantown. Um, happy to see that. Grateful to see that very deserving. Maybe not if you ask Bradley over there, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, happy for coach hugs. Um, otherwise uh, the alumni team best Virginia has been playing in uh, the TBT, uh, the basketball tournament, which is uh which is a summer tournament. If you're not familiar with it, it's a summer tournament that alumni teams or teams that are formed um, just from a, a group of talented guys. A, a multitude of these teams are, are made up of guys that played overseas professionally or or ones that you recognize from college teams that didn't really make it in the pros or had very short tenures in the pros. Um you know, for example, West Virginia's team's filled up of uh, John Flowers, Kevin Jones, Devin Ebanks, um, Juwan Staten. Um, there's a couple guys that uh, didn't play at WVU but are from the state of, of West Virginia. But anyway, Best Virginia has been uh, doing fairly well in this tournament. They uh, they won their first game against um, the, uh, the UVA alumni team. They won that one by 30. They beat the Marshall alumni team the very next night. 
um, in, a, in a pretty good game. Um, I think they won that one by 10, 10 or 11 points. And then last night they had a very, very good game when it came down to the wire against the Bucket Nears, not to be confused with, with the Mountaineers. But um, they will be going to the quarterfinals, so keep your eye out for that. I'm really, really excited to watch that one. Uh, it's been really enjoyable for me because, you know, I really like watching a lot of those guys play. And if you want to watch, you know, some of these guys play that you enjoyed watching in college and they, you know, you know, wonder, you wonder what happened to them. You know, a lot of those guys are playing with this team. Uh, so it's, it's really fun basketball to watch if you're a college basketball fan. Yeah, and I haven't really even got to watch the games yet. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. I haven't got to watch them yet. But I was just super excited about Jay Sean Page because that dude was just, you know, a monster back when he played here and coming off the bench and putting up over 20 points a game uh, coming off the bench was just like so much fun to watch back in the day because he was just a pure scorer, man. Guy knew how to put a ball through a hoop. Let me tell you something, man. I know that it's only natural for a player to progress as they, you know, they get – they get older and you know whenever you become a professional basketball player that's when you do your most progression that's when you're supposed to but i'll i'll tell you something right now if john flowers could shoot the ball like that back when he played at wvu we would have won a national championship in 2010 i'll tell you right now oh he's been lighting it up he has been shooting at a very hot clip man it's been awesome not if you ask a certain somebody from a certain certain news site rhymes with (laughs) vomit yeah (laughs) I don't ever pay attention to that side anymore, so I'm not familiar with what with that. No, I didn't even see. I haven't blocked on Twitter, but I saw somebody else share a picture of something he was saying. It was like everybody's great except for John Flowers, and it's just like you only wish. You only. Why does he even follow West Virginia? All he does is anyway. John Flowers because he's the best best news reporter. We're not going to grace any part of our show with with that vomit. How about yeah. that? Uh, I enjoy John Flowers. I enjoy uh, Best Virginia. This is probably the most attention I've paid to the TBT. I've really because I've gotten to listen to it when I was at work and stuff. So and uh, I really enjoyed it. And they're uh, you know like Stephen said, quarterfinals going to Dayton, Elite Eight, three games away from winning a million. So uh, excited yeah, about that. And uh, moving on, some football news. Uh, I do have a few things here on the docket. Um, one of which Fan Day, August thirteenth, from nine to ten thirty a.m. Um, always, you know, fan favorite, one of the, you know, the first practices, they'll let some fans in there, get to meet the players, get some autographs, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, catch a little bit of practice maybe as well. Um, other than that, um, I know Steven mentioned Bob Huggins going into the college basketball hall of fame, West Virginia also announced their hall of fame class. And in it was a trio that I think, you know, we all remember, and it's hard to believe, you know, it has to be over 10 years since the end of your career to get in the Hall of Fame, and it makes me feel old that these three are already eligible and getting in, but they're all three first ballot, and as they should be, and that's Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, and Stedman Bailey going into the Hall of Fame. And then otherwise preseason, uh, some more Mountaineers popping up on preseason award watch lists. Mike O'Laughlin getting onto the Mackey Award watch list. Dante Steele's on the Outland Trophy watch list. The Bronco Nagurki. N- uh, Nagurski, excuse me, Bronco Nagurski trophy watch list. I feature two Mountaineers, Charles Woods and Dante Steeles. Lou Groza award watch list. Casey Legg makes an appearance. Warful trophy watch list. Zach Frazier shows up. And uh, that's pretty much it for now, um, other than the fact of, you know, fall camp about to kick off here in the coming days, um, depending on when this episode is released. But uh, by this time next week, the Mountaineers will be out 
practicing. So the off season is officially over as far as I'm concerned here as we kick off season five. Um, anything else you gentlemen want to add on news or anything you want to comment on as far as uh, any of the news that any of us uh, dropped here? No, it's been super exciting to see a bunch of guys be on the preseason watch list. I feel like we haven't really had a lot of guys stack up on those the last couple of years. I mean, we've had like the obvious ones like the Dantes and Dariuses and uh, a few others, but it's really nice to see, especially offensive linemen getting some recognition because I know that Zach Frazier and Wyatt Milam have both made them, I think that you had said, at least that I've seen. So that's always really good. Uh, that's made me feel good seeing that pop up. Yeah. And don't forget about Kevin Jones. He also got into the WB Sports Hall of Fame. Yep. Kevin Jones also was uh, was one Basketball of the uh, inductees. Wise. Yeah, can't Got forget that. that Hall of Famer, and then of course hits the big shot for Best Virginia last night too to advance into the league. Yeah, and he Clutch. hit the game winner last night. You know what? That was yeah. Clutch. Man, if I if I've ever felt closer to the Big East championship when Deshaun hit that shot, man. Yeah. How similar was very that, similar. Man? Very How similar. similar was that? I didn't even think about it until you just now said it, but very similar. Yeah. Oh, the whole t- the whole time leading up to that possession, I was like, man, this is like the whole feeling just felt familiar. That's why I loved watching it, and that's why I look forward to watching it every year. It's kind of like my summertime sports, you know, fix. Yeah. I guess you could say, you know, who are the Buccaneers? Are those like Appalachian State alumni? Uh, East Tennessee uh, I was, State, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, East Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the next team they play is uh, the Red Scare, which is the Dayton alumni team. Yeah. And they've got which, some uh, Ohio State players on there, too, on the yeah, Dayton team. Yeah. And I tell you what, they're a good basketball team. They just beat Jimmer Fredette's, uh, Jimmer Fredette's team, the money team. And that was in a lot of guys and a lot of bonds, you know, that really know about the teams that play in that. That was the team to beat. That was the one that a lot of people were picking to win it. So. I don't know, West Virginia might have their hands full against uh, the Red Scare coming up. But I'll tell you what, West Virginia has, from what I've watched, one of the most talented teams in the tournament. They they do have a shot to win it. Yeah, it's a tough tough road from here, but I do like West Virginia's team a lot. I think getting Ebanks this year to play was big. I really like you know getting, oh, yeah. having him in there involved. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, there's a couple other guys on the team that, that didn't play at WVU but have been – uh, Light Jamel Morris, yeah, Jamel, Jamel Morris, Morris played at Fairmont State, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, been shooting at a very high clip. Could have played at WVU with the talent level. Yeah, uh, you know, really, very. I well really covered. love the the Elam ending. I wish that there was a way. You know, I don't know how they would ever be able to do it, like for the pros or college, because of you know sports gambling with spreads and stuff. But if they could ever figure out a way, I think the Elam ending would be amazing for fans. They would love it if you know college basketball and the NBA had the Elam ending. I think that if not anything else, like you say, I think for spreads and everything else, which I mean, you know, the majority, you know, the multitude, I guess you could say, of sports betting in college basketball especially um, would come in the postseason. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's true. I don't know how you could really justify that. But I think if not anything else, if it, at least the Final Four in the championship game in college maybe, if not every – tournament game if you couldn't settle on every tournament game at least do this you know the final four in the championship and then in the pros they've tested and then in the all-star game i believe last year and Mm -hmm. you know the reviews on it were widely positive very widely positive it's just so exciting because every every game ends on a game winner i think that that i think that that is very good for the game of basketball because it makes 
every game exciting. You know, essentially every team has a chance. Even you know, if if a team is within eight points of that of that score, with or within fifteen to twenty, you know, it gives that team a fighting chance. And you know, if, if you're a Mountaineer fan, you know that West Virginia is more than familiar with being in that position. But you know, in, in the reverse side, West Virginia, and they they've proved that last night that you know they uh, you're not very good at keeping leads in crunch time. So. Uh, it would make yeah, for a true. lot of really good basketball games to watch, I believe. And it would, I, I don't know. It, it makes every game exciting in my mind. Because it's, it, it does. It's, I agree. It takes the stalling of the game out and makes you have to speed it up and, and play the game. I agree. Hopefully, uh, West Virginia wins, wins the million. But uh, that'll do it for our Mountaineer news segment. Let's get into our main segment of this edition of the Season 5 kickoff show. And that's going to be our Big 12 preview here on the Country Roads webcast. <laughs> And we're going to just do it going through it in the order that West Virginia will see these Big 12 teams going by their schedule. And their first Big 12 opponent will be Kansas in a home opener at night in Morgantown. And as far as Kansas, they do return their head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. Their top players that they have are going to be Jalen Daniels at quarterback, who really looked good for them last season. Halfback Kai Thomas coming in, uh, transfer from Minnesota that West Virginia saw in their bowl game, and he looked really good. Uh, Devin Neal, another halfback for them that uh, played good as a freshman last year. And then Kenny Logan at safety has been a mainstay and uh, come back for his senior season as well, of course, a key player for them. In the Big 12 media poll released just before Big 12 media days, they were projected 10th in the Big 12, but what we're going to do is we're going to go through each one of these and we're going to say where we project them to finish in the Big 12. Um, I'll start and then we'll just go around the horn here. So uh, Bradley, you can take follow after me and then uh, Steven, you can follow after him. Uh, we'll say where we project them to finish and any comments we want to add on uh, the Big 12 team and of course Kansas here. I agree with the Big 12 media poll in this one. I do have them finishing 10th, but I do think this is going to be a decent Kansas team. I like Jalen Daniels. I think Lance Leipold is going to be a good coach for them. And I could see Kansas winning four games maybe. And I know that sounds like that's terrible, but Kansas hasn't won four games probably in a, Kansas in a decade. Terrible, so. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've got him 10th. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Yeah, I don't think that you can take Kansas out of the bottom spot until they prove that they're not that bottom spot team. But they are returning some of the most – more of their team than most of the teams in the Big 12 this year, which, you know – matters in some ways and i think that that's what's going to lead to those extra wins that you're talking about but yeah i don't think the 10th or 9th is still going to be right there where kansas is at i'm going to go with 10th so absolutely steven never say never but kansas is kansas yeah they're not going to improve at all in in 2022 in my mind i think they're going to finish 10th uh they, i think they might have a chance to get to four wins like you said Cruz. i don't know when was the last time they even got to three wins did they win three last That's, year? Yeah. I, no, I, don't, I think they won two. They might have won three. I thought they only won two, though. I don't know. I thought it was two. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm I'm not picking them to get to get much further past that. You know, I, I really I feel kind of like a fool because whenever Kansas had less miles, I thought that Kansas was going to vastly improve. I thought recruiting was going to jump. I thought their offense was going to jump. None of that happened, so I, I don't I don't know what Kansas has got to do. Uh, they've got to start from the top down, in my opinion. So, yeah, they're finishing tenth. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree there. I mean, maybe have a shot at ninth. Who knows? But um, yeah, you know, Kansas is Kansas until 
proven otherwise. But moving on, the next Big 12 opponent, West Virginia, we'll see, will be the Texas Longhorns. As far as Texas goes, they also return their head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. Uh, potential top players, uh, they're loaded, to be honest, as t- you know, Texas always is, but it just depends on what they do with that talent. Uh, but halfback Bijan Robinson, of course, who has been uh, a tear, and he's going to continue to be. Uh, Xavier Worthy, one of the best receivers in the Big 12 and arguably the country last year. Uh, Damari Vion, overshone at linebacker. And then, of course, Quinn Ewers coming in at quarterback, um, you know, projected to be a really great player as well. Big 12 media poll projects them to finish fourth. Um, like I said, I'll kick it off. Bradley, you can follow. Steven, then you can follow. But, uh, boys, I think that this is the year Texas maybe puts it together. You know, I don't want to say Texas is back because I know that's cliche. But um, I've got them second. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think that they definitely got potential. But I think that Texas is Texas. And I'm going to be a bit of a hater with Quinn Ewers. I just – I want to see him flop at Texas for some reason. It's just like just the way like he went to Ohio State, got his bag, and then turned around and belled to Texas. Like I just want to like I think that it's a I think he could be a prime example of of what could happen with NIL money and like the drawbacks that, that could have and like the kind of situation. So I'm gonna be a bit of a, a hater on his side this year, you know. I, I kinda wanna see him flop just because of that. Not no ill will towards him, I don't want to see the guy get hurt or anything, but um, I also just don't think that freshman quarterbacks have been very successful in the Big 12. So I'm going to keep, uh, you know, I think Texas will definitely step up this year and make games closer. I don't think they're going to lose to Kansas this year. But I think that I'm going to have them at fifth in the Big 12 this year. Um, you know, making games more competitive, but I think that they're still going to be in that middle of the pack. I just, it's just how I feel about it. Um, I'm, I'm, a li- I'm leaning more towards... I'm, I'm I guess I'm actually 50-50 in the middle with uh, both of you guys. I actually think that Texas is going to be really good and a hard team to beat this year. Um, I think when you look at what B. John Robinson has done, um, what Xavier Worthy did last year, I think you can't argue against that. They're both proven talent, and they're going to be very, very hard um, to beat, especially when you add in Quinn Ewers coming from Ohio State. And I know that, you know, like you said, you can't really read too much into to youthful quarterbacks in this league. Um, and especially when you don't have some of the credit that I guess you need to have or the, the, the rep, the, if you're a school like Texas, you would think that they would have a lot better quarterback play in recent years, but they haven't. And so when you look at that, it's hard to expect anything, anything better from, from what they're getting in Quinn Ewers. But I think they're going to be really, really hard to beat offensively this year. Now, the defense is a huge question mark, and that's why I yeah, can't pick that's, them. That's, the, big that's the, the main reason I didn't pick them to win the the Big 12 Conference this year, but I, pick them, I picked them to finish third. Uh, so I don't have them as high as two, but I don't think that they'll be middle of the pack so much like you, Bradley. But I, I think that they're, they're going to they're gonna be up there, and I think they finish right around two or three, but I think it'll be three. Yeah. I also want to state that I think that there's going to be a really close race between the four to like six range, the mm-hmm. four to seven range. Okay. And I think that that's yeah. why you could see them like they're going to be competing for it until they're not. You know what I mean? So, and I think that that's why I got them more in that middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, me and Steven are drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit more, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I tried not I to because like Steven, the, think... the, the defense, the defense has been terrible, but if the defense could be even, yeah. I think, Semi better than they could really, you know, because their offense, I think, is going to be explosive. Yeah, I did. I will say this though, 
I don't think that their defense is going to be that much better this year. I think that their defense is going to be what holds them back from winning the championship and from climbing that hump. And the only reason that I think their offense is going to be that that powerful is because Bijan. We've seen what Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy can do. The only question mark that we haven't seen is Quinn Ewers, and with you know as highly rated as that kid is, that offense is going to be very very high powered this year. And I think they're going to be one of the best offenses in the country, not just the Big Twelve. Yeah, they have that potential for sure. But speaking of winning a championship, the team that did that last year in the Big 12 Conference pops up next on the West Virginia schedule, and that's Baylor. Uh, As far as Baylor, they retain their head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator as well. Some of their top players will be quarterback Blake Shapin, played in the Big 12 championship game that they won, played well, um, won the job. The other quarterback, Gary Bohannon, that started for them most of last season, transferred out to South Florida, I believe. But Blake Shapin taking over at quarterback. Defensive tackle, one of the best ones in the whole country, Siaki Ika. And then halfback, Craig Williams, taking over there. The Big 12 media poll projects them to win it again. Got them one going for the repeat. I projected them first in the Big 12 media poll. Um, I guess I have some whole hot takes, some uh, – bold predictions in this one if you will um you know texas i guess finishing second was my first one and this is one where if i got some baylor fans uh if we got baylor fans viewing this or listening to this well i might piss them off because i completely disagree with baylor first i don't see it i think they lost jalen petrie they lost um uh bernard i think was his name terrell bernard was that the other one i can't his name slip in my mind right now but wide uh, receiver they lost both of those guys uh no the linebacker uh, they lost two linebackers, two wide receivers. The other one. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was Terrell Bernard, was it? I'm pretty sure, but I can't remember 100%. But I think Petrie and Bernard, they lost them on defense. Offense, they're replacing a lot. I think their defense will still be good because you got Dave Aranda there. Um, offense, they lost Tyquan Thornton, who was, you know, really good at receiver. So I've got Baylor taking a step back this year and more so because I think the conference is wide open. And, you know, last year they were catching people off guard. And I think more so there's going to be other teams doing that. This year, and Baylor's kind of people are going to be expecting that. So, uh, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I've got Baylor sixth in the Big 12 in my projections. Did you say the bearer of bad news? Yeah, hey, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't agree, though. I think the Baylor has done a good job of uh, keeping their team up there and competitive. I mean, um, come in – they in like a one year turnaround, they're at the top of the. They had one bad year, and then a turnaround when their new head coach came in. One year turnaround, and he's already got his team at the top of the conference. And they've pretty much been there since he's been there. So, um, I have Baylor winning it again this year. I thought that Oklahoma State was the better team last year and barely lost the Big Twelve championship on a crazy play. And I think that Oklahoma State's lost more this year, so I think that that's probably going to be the team that takes a step back um, out of the championship last year. But I still think that Oklahoma State's going to be up there. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to put Baylor at first because I think that they've just got a good program going right now, and I think that they're doing a really good job of getting their guys ready to play. So um, I, I'm going to have them at first, too. I actually agree I'm with you, Bradley. I, um, I'm actually picking the Baylor Bears to win it again this year. I, don't, I, I won't say that. I'm picking them first in the conference at the end of the regular season. Whoever wins that championship game, that's, that's left up to uh, the gods. Um, but – I'm picking the Baylor Bears because they they do lose a lot of key pieces. Um, as Cruz mentioned, they lose two linebackers, two wide receivers, and they lose their star wide, uh, running back, Abram Smith. Uh, but what they do return um, is Blake Shapin, who is expected to 
vastly upgrade their passing attack, and they also have um, two. Of, they have the nation's top defensive and um, gosh, I can't read the top right now. The offensive and defensive lines both rank them on the top, the top in the country. So I think that that will give the Bears much needed, you know, security whenever they're trying to get some of these key pieces field at the early part of the season. Um, I know Cruz is looking at me right now because he's he's mad we disagreed at, with him, but but uh, <laughs> but I do. I think the Baylor Bears have a good chance to be just as good this year. No, I mean, I mean, I'm just over here like, well, damn. But no, in all seriousness, I'm the I'm the oddball because obviously the Big Twelve projects them first. Y'all projected them first. A lot of people around the around the country are doing about for whatever reason. I just I don't I don't see it. I don't know. And I've got them. I've got them sixth. I've got them sixth. I don't know. I might end up looking like a dumbass when it's all said and done. But that's I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. I think there, there's tell. a few there's a few on my list right here that uh, that might surprise you guys that I think might have me looking like more of a dumbass than that, but. <laughs> hey, we'll see. You never know. Uh, moving on next. Go, go ahead. You got anything, Stephen? Oh, no. No, I'm, you go ahead. All right. Uh, moving on next, uh, Texas Tech uh, will be on the West Virginia schedule, and that's the team that's been a thorn in Neil Brown's side. Uh, the one team, you know, other than Oklahoma, of course, that he hasn't uh, been able to de- defeat really since uh, coming to West Virginia for whatever reason, even though arguably West Virginia – has been the better team in some of those games. But uh, nonetheless, whole new coaching staff for Texas Tech, new head coach Joey McGuire, new offensive coordinator Zach Kitley, who's coming from Western Kentucky, where he uh, broke those passing records with the uh, quarterback from uh, Houston Baptist that came there to Western Kentucky and uh, threw for you know nearly 6,000 yards. I think it's real ridiculous. But they're bringing him in to run the offensive to Texas Tech and then defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder as far as some of their uh, potential top players Quarterback Tyler Shuck and quarterback Donovan Smith are in a competition there. Tyler Shuck being the transfer from Oregon. Donovan Smith, former four-star recruit. So don't know which way that's going to go. I'd probably lean Shuck, though, but uh, still a competition there. So Roderick Thompson feels like he's been around forever, but really talented mm-hmm. running back at Texas Tech coming back. And then defensive end Tyree Wilson. They were projected to finish ninth by the Big 12 media poll, and this is one of the few times I do I think I agree with the Big 12 again uh, the media projection in this one and I've got them ninth as well. Yeah, I I I actually have like a little bit of faith in Texas Tech. It's one of those ones I know a lot of people are hating on. They've got a full full platoon swap here in their coaching room, but I think that they've done some good things so far. Their recruiting's been pretty good. They're actually one of the top recruiting classes right now. That's something that's going to be subject to change. But it seems like this coaching staff's really come in and had like a good chance to, you know, make things the way that they want them. And I think that that's going to bode well for them going into the season. I still don't think that they're going to make massive waves in the Big 12 just yet. But I think that I'm going to put Texas Tech finishing at seventh. I think that they're going to exceed expectations a little bit here and, um, uh, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson's a great, great running back. So, you know, they got some pieces. And I just think, you know, um, Zach Kitley coming through, I think that he's just going to have a chance to really shine. I don't think there's as many expectations on them as there might be on some other coaching staffs that are coming in. So I think that they've really got a chance to, you know, like, uh, snag an extra couple wins that are going to surprise some people. So I'm going to have them at seventh. Yeah, I actually, okay. uh, I agree with you, Cruz. I think uh, I've got them finishing ninth as well. Um, and I, I think that. I think they're going to be good in the coming years because, like you said, Bradley, they do have some good recruiting classes and they have done some things well. Uh, but I do, I don't think that they're going to 
this year there's just so many question marks. They have a three-way quarterback battle. The only thing that they have coming back that that they know about is Sir Roderick Thompson. But so there's just too many question marks on both sides of the ball and in in the entirety of the coaching staff. Uh, so I've got them finishing ninth as well. I don't think they make a very – I think they take a step backwards more than a step forwards uh, this coming year. I think West Virginia finally gets – or Neil Brown, I, I guess you could say. Neil Brown finally gets that one under his belt. I like it. I hope so. It's 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 time for sure. Uh, that being said, moving on next on the docket, the TCU Horned Frogs, who are also breaking in an entirely new coaching staff – New head coach will be Sonny Dykes coming over from SMU. New offensive coordinator Garrett Riley and the new defensive coordinator will be Joe Gillespie. Top players, wide receiver Quentin Johnston, one of the best receivers in the conference, one of the most underrated players in the country in my opinion. And then they also are going to have a quarterback competition brewing as well. Max Duggan, I think a lot of people like him. But Chandler Morris really showed some things last season. And Sonny Dykes running that air raid. Chandler Morris may be more of a fit. We'll have to see how that goes with Max Duggan, you know, being a little bit more of a threat with his legs. Could be even a dual quarterback system in and up there. We'll have to see what happens. And then linebacker D. Winters, of course, as well. Big 12 media poll projected them seventh. I'm not too far off of that, but I don't have as much faith with this new staff and stuff. I think there's going to be some speed bumps, especially when it's your first new coaching staff in what, you know, 20 years almost, or if, if not 20 years, you know, with Gary Patterson, how long he'd been there. So I've got them eighth, actually, one spot below what the Big 12 uh, media poll projected them at. Yeah, I'm um, – see, like, this is the one of the ones where they're projected at seventh. I think that this is one of the coaching staff with Sonny Dykes. I think he's going to have a little bit more egos to manage with his quarterback battle. And, you know, those are big fill shoes to fill with Gary Patterson leaving, going on to be the defensive uh, coordinator in Miami. Is that where he's at? I know he went somewhere big. He's Texas. Gary Patterson somewhere. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, he's at Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, right. Texas. I knew. Yeah. So it's just, you know, they're going to be, there's like, he's still around. You know what I mean? They're still going to be seeing him and like making that comparison of, you know, what ifs and, so I think that just like Sonny Dykes is going to take a few more licks this year, and I think that we're going to see them struggle a little bit more. So I'm putting TCU there in the ninth spot, um, and I think that it's going to be a battle between them and Kansas to uh, see who actually <laughs> settles down there at 9 and 10. So Yeah, it's not a bad pick. I, I picked them at seventh as well. Um, main reason for that is because, you know, like you said, change is a, an extreme rarity <laughs> down there in Fort Worth. They do not change uh, coaching staffs very often down that way. Uh, but Sonny Dykes is going to have his handful this year. They're already in a quarterback battle. Um, like you said, a lot of people like Max Duggan. He will probably be the winner of that competition. Uh, but I don't know, that paired with the, them trying to implement a new offensive scheme, uh, it just it, there's a multitude of question marks that you're going to have to fill. Uh, it doesn't bode well for them being su- very successful this year. So I picked them at seventh. Okay. Okay. So Which I guess I agree. I agree off. with the Big Twelve. All kind on of on lot. the same page. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I, I mean, I'm closer with the Big Twelve on some than I than I thought I'd be when I went down and you know kind of wrote down my own you know Big Twelve poll here as we did you know. Uh, but uh, moving on next to Iowa State, they returned their whole coaching staff as well: head coach, offense coordinator, and defensive coordinator. And their top players, of course, defensive end Will McDonald, wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson, who came in 
from junior college and has been an absolute star for them, you know, one of the better receivers in the conference. And then, of course, they'll be having to break in a new quarterback and a new running back as they lost Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, respectively. Quarterback, it'll be Hunter Deckers, and halfback, it'll be another guy that's been in the program for a while, and Jarrell Brock. Um, Hunter Deckers, I think, is a guy that has maybe even a higher ceiling, I think, than Brock Purdy did. And if you listen to a lot of Iowa State people, they're really high on Hunter Deckers. So, you know, I think potential maybe is there for Iowa State. But whenever you lose as much as they did, you know, I mentioned Brock Purdy, I mentioned Brees Hall, but they also lost Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar at tight end and Mike Rose at linebacker on defense. So, you know, they say that Matt Campbell's really been building it, and this is the year we'll really see if he has it to where they can reload or not. I think they take a slight step back. The Big 12 projected them sixth. I've got them one spot below that at seventh. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, Iowa State right there at eighth because I've already got, you know, Texas Tech taking that step forward and TCU taking the step down. But I think the Iowa State's going to be right there battling. I think they're going to have a chance. And I think it's just going to be a lot of 50 50 ball with them. And I just, uh, I just don't have them coming out of the positive side of it this year, but that's one of those ones. It could definitely swing a little bit in the other way, but I feel pretty comfortable putting them there at uh, eighth towards the bottom. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that, um, you know, before they, before Brock Purdy, Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler were, or Charlie Kohler, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Uh, before they, you know, were the, the high powered offense that they were, uh, they, I mean, we forget Iowa State was, um, you know, right there with Kansas as a bottom feeder in the Big Twelve, pretty much year in and year out. So, I can't, I can't have a lot of confidence in that team, knowing that those, those pieces to their offense are gone. You know, that was a very, that was the heartbeat of their offense, which in turn was the heartbeat of their team. And I'm not disrespecting their defense because their defense showed West Virginia what was what, a couple times. So, you know. I think that they are a team to be reckoned with, but it's 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 hard to pick them very high up this year. So I've got them finishing eighth, just like Bradley. Yeah, it's hard to project them higher when they've lost a lot. But you know, who knows? They've surprised before. We'll see what happens with Iowa State and Matt Campbell. Moving on to a team that's you know been dominating the Big Twelve for a while, but they're breaking in a whole new coaching staff as well. So and that is the Oklahoma Sooners. New head coach going to be Brenton Venables coming over from Clemson where he was the defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator is Jeff Levy, who's coming from Ole Miss, and they had, I think, the number one offense in college football. If not, they were right up there um, last season. So that's going to you know be good for the the offense there if he can pair that offense with a Brent Venables defense and you know, running that Brent Venables defense will be Ted Roof at the new defensive coordinator. Some of their top players, they had a mass exodus when Lincoln Riley left. Some players followed him to USC. Some wound up other places. But they also brought in some players, and one of those will be their starting quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, transferred in from UCF, uh, Central Florida. Had an injury there. I think he was out a year, but now you know coming back and going to be playing for Oklahoma. And then wide receiver Marvin Mims is back. And halfback Eric Gray, who transferred in from Tennessee last season. And, of course, Oklahoma loaded with talent, but new coaching staffs. So you'll have to see how those mesh together. But the Big 12 media thinks it'll be fine. They've got them second. I think Oklahoma may take a few lumps uh, through throughout the season, you know, a uh, little bit. But I still think they have enough talent to remain near the top. I've got them slightly below that. I've got Oklahoma finishing third. Yeah, I actually have a lot of – I think that Brent Venables is going to have a good chance to come in and put together a really quality Oklahoma team, even though, like you said, they did have a mass exodus. A lot of their current players left. 
the top end of the recruiting class, turn around and left. You lost both your quarterbacks. Uh, really tough place to be. But uh, Brent Venables has been in a program that knows how to do it and do it right in Clemson. And so coming over, I think that he – um, I haven't heard a lot about it, but I'm sure that he's had a fairly easy time implementing his his method to things. And I'm sure that the quality of kids he have there are used to being in that kind of program already and the kind of the things he expects from them. Because, you know, he came from a program that was already doing that, went into a program where he's going to expect kids to still, you know, have that high quality mentality. And so I think that him coming in is actually going to be a bit of an unknown and a lot of people aren't going to know how to handle it and know exactly what this Oklahoma team's going to look like, which is really scary when you have a, you know, what could be a really well coached up team that you've never really seen on paper before or on film before. And um, that might make it harder to plan for him. So I got Oklahoma coming in second. I think that they're going to be up there battling for the big 12 championship come December. So. Will you make a lot of good points, fellas? But I'll tell you right now, Brent Venables not having – Brent Venables was a hell of a football coach and hell of a defensive football coach, and that's proven. He's won championships and national championships doing that. With that being said, it is hard to come into a program like Oklahoma and take over like Lincoln Riley did when he took over for Bob Stoops. It's hard for anyone to – jump from being a coordinator to a head coach. And if I'm not mistaken, Brent Venables, this is his first head coaching gig ever. Um, I think that with that being paired with um, the complete platoon swap and the entirety of the team on both offensive and defensive side of the ball, um, I, I, I get that they're loaded with talent. But when you pair that, when you bring in new schemes, um, new personnel, new coaches, I think that this year is the year, if any, that um, that Oklahoma takes a step back. And I've got the Oklahoma Sooners finishing a whopping five in the conference this year. Okay, wow, that's that's a bold. So, like I said, like I said, like I, said I might earlier. Yeah, I might make myself look like a fool with that prediction, but I think that the Sooners fall back this year, fellas. Yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those years where the Big 12 is up in the air, like Jordan has said earlier. So it's, you know, I don't think right. any kind of assumption is a crazy assumption this year, unless you're putting Kansas at the top of the Big 12. It's just, it's ludicrous in my mind to not have Oklahoma there, I guess, you know, because, I mean, it, it's such, it's, you know, Oklahoma football in the championship is synonymous, just just as much as you say Kansas in basketball, you know what I mean? So Or, or Alabama in the national championship, so it's become a norm so it's it's just hard to pick against that but i think this is the year that i feel confident enough to not pick them in, in at least the top 3 yeah hey, if uh, if not now then uh, then never before you know they leave right so uh uh hopefully right. you know i hope you're right actually you know i hope oklahoma and texas both struggle on their way out but um we'll see how it goes i guess uh moving on two more teams two more big 12 opponents left for west virginia and the penultimate one will be kansas state they retain their head coach and their defensive coordinator new offensive coordinator but he's also been with the program for a while called their last couple of games last year and that's colin klein the former kansas state quarterback now takes over as the program's offensive coordinator i know when he was quarterback there they had some really successful seasons we're ranked number one in the country at one point in 2012, uh, they beat that West Virginia team pretty solidly. I think 55-14 or something. I was at that game. But now, going to be seeing him on the sidelines as their offensive coordinator. 
Uh, top players, of course, one of the best running backs in the nation, Deuce Vaughn. Quarterback, they'll have Adrian Martinez taking over, who is a transfer from Nebraska, been in college football for a while. Ride receiver Malik Knowles is back. And then defensive end, one of the best in the conference, Felix Nadike Uzama, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, something like that. Who knows? I'm probably pretty far off. But uh, Kansas State, you know, a lot of people will think that they're going to be in that fourth through seventh range. The Big 12 media poll projects them fifth. This is another one I actually agree with the Big 12 media poll on. I like Kansas State. think they can surprise some people. They're one of the other dark horses in the conference, I think, to go along with West Virginia, but I've got them fifth as well. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are really high on Adrian Martinez. I think that that's really what's kind of launched Kansas State into this discussion of, you know, the middle of the pack. Can they really cement themselves at the top of it in that four to six, four to seven range? And I think that he's why. And I think that Kansas State's going to be a, a sneaky good team this year. But I still think I'm going to put them at six. I think that just everybody has a chance to be really good this year. And I think that when it comes down to it, when I in that middle of the pack, that Kansas State is just going to settle towards the bottom of it. And I think that that's just going to be, you know, up to atmosphere and away games and, you know, being able to pull off the close ones. And I just don't think that Kansas State is going to be able to do that. So I'm putting them at six. Yeah, I've got them. I've got them before. I think that, um, yeah, I think they're a bit of a sleeper this year. I believe that there's a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Adrian Martinez is that great of of a transfer. To be honest with you, the kid has thrown 30 interceptions in his college career, so he's not like the most outstanding quarterback out there. Um, but I don't. I don't. He is a talented quarterback, so I do think that they're going to be a hard team to to knock off this year. So. I don't think that uh, they're so low this year. I think they're middle of the pack, but I got them finishing fourth. Okay, so all relatively, you know, around the same spot there for Kansas State for us. And then wrapping up the season for the Mountaineers this year, their final Big 12 opponent of the regular season in 2022 will be the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They retain their head coach and offensive coordinator, of course, Mike Gundy, still there. Defensive coordinator, they do have to replace Jim Knowles, though, who had an amazing defense last season. But they replace him with a great one in uh, Derek Mason, who was at Auburn as the defensive coordinator. But he also, you may know that name as he was the head coach of Vanderbilt from 2014 through 2020. Top players, they return quarterback Spencer Sanders, one of the few returning quarterbacks in the conference. Uh, wide receiver Brandon Presley's back. Defensive end Colin Oliver. Defensive end Brock Martin. And they have a few other names along the defense of line that you could name as well. I think their defense will be a strength again this season. And I think that's the story with this Mike Gundy team is if the offense can improve a little bit, I think they could be really good because I think the defense will remain solid. I know they lost some some pieces and they lost Jim Knowles, but I think Derek Mason's going to do a great job there. And I think I always have faith in Mike Gundy. The Big 12 media poll has a little bit of faith in him as well, projecting him third, but I have even more faith that I've got him as my number one team in the conference. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick. Like I said, I think Oklahoma State was probably the best team in the Big 12 last year. They were scary to go up against. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think they're going to be scary to go up against again this year. Um, that being said, I think that they're going to take a pretty significant step back on defense, which they're still going to have a great defense, and I think that's just like a testament to how great their defense was last year. I mean, it was impossible to move the ball on them. And uh, they lost a lot of pieces and losing a defensive coordinator. It's definitely going to be um, probably something that 
gets a little bit better as the year goes on, but I think that they are going to take a step back from the one and two spot this year. And I'm going to agree with the big 12 poll. And I think that they're going to be sitting at three. Um, and that's going to be because their defense is going to take a bit of a step back. So, you know, I'm, I'm just not a fan of Oklahoma as a state this year, I guess, because, uh, I've, I've actually got the Oklahoma state Cowboys taking a significant step back this year. Um, I think that their defensive line is going to be a very, a very big problem to deal with. I think that they're going to have some, some key pieces there. Um, but with a new defensive coordinator, there's a lot of question marks there. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball, Spencer Sanders comes back, uh, but he threw 12 interceptions last year. Um, I'm not so confident that he's going to progress that much this year because I think that if he was going to progress any, he was going to do that, you know, between the last couple of years. And he hasn't done that very much either. You know, I thought last year, I thought the quarterback, you know, I thought Spencer Sanders was going to be one of the key pieces for the Cowboys. And they were a good football team, but I thought that he was one of the ones that held, held them back in a lot of situations. They also, um, they were losing Tylen Wallace or Tay Wallace. I'm sorry, not Tylen Wallace, uh, Tay Wallace. And they're, they're losing, um, pretty much everything else on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I happen to disagree with a little bit with what you said, Bradley. I think it'll be their offense that holds them back this year. But I actually have the Cowboys finishing six this year. I have them taking a huge step wow. back. Um, and so that I may be out to look like a fool. Um, and I don't know if you have – if you can if you guys can see where I put the Mountaineers uh, – yeah, that's but, what but I was going to say. Is the, I think the state of Oklahoma like, well, as a we won't state reveal it. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for the season prediction roundtable. I think uh, anybody with some sense can go back and see. Yeah, Mountain I was about to say if anybody wants to year, do the work, if anybody if anybody wants to do the work, you can obviously look at all, all our other picks and find out where each of us has the Mountaineers. But um, you know, we're going to reveal it on the season prediction roundtable. So if you want to wait, you can. But if you want to do the work, hey, you can find that out. But um, I think Stephen, me and you have both had bold takes. I, you know, the, the team everybody loves Baylor. I've got them sixth. A team that I think that I've got first. You've got sixth. So, uh, some bold predictions throughout for us here in this uh, Big Twelve preview. But uh, that being said, any any thoughts on the conference you guys want to add before we uh, take off out of here? No, nah, should definitely be a fun one in the Big Twelve this year. It's definitely going to be different, and it's going to mean a lot more with this year with uh, you know, Iowa's on uh, Iowa's all eyes on conference realignment. Uh, people are going to be looking at these conferences and seeing who's really drawing the eyeballs. So I think it's important for, you know, everybody to be putting on their best shows. So, you know, maybe that'll contribute to some of the games this year. Yeah. I think that this is probably the most wide open the big 12 conference has been. And, and if not, mo- if not recent years, then since, since years. West Virginia joined. Right, yeah, than any sure. years the West Virginia's been in the conference that I know of. Uh, I, I think this is undoubtedly the year that West Virginia could make a push, um, or any team you know up there could make a push and, and win the conference. Yeah, but uh, which I we could talk about it more in the roundtable, but I think that they have to. I think they have to make that push. Yeah. Well, obviously, and I think that they're doing that. They're doing what they need to to make that push, but. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun season to watch. I think it's going to be an all-around fun season to watch in college football with everything that's happening in the landscape of, of the industry. Um, but I'm, I'm just getting I'm getting impatient at this point. September yeah. 1st is right around it's the corner. So close you can taste it type feeling, and that's, that's when it gets tough. This is, you know, the dog days of the offseason. Like I said, 
to me, the off season's over. We're dropping our season five kickoff show. Fall camp's starting, but you still have to get through these final, you know, three or four weeks, and that's sometimes the hardest part is to get through those final weeks before the first game. But West Virginia's got a big one coming up September first on a Thursday night against Pitt with College Game Day in tow. There coming into Acrisure Stadium, aka Heinz Field, to play the Pitt Panthers. We'll preview that, you know, coming up later in August. But as for our next show, it's one of our favorite as hosts. It's usually a fan favorite as well. 2022 version of the season prediction roundtable coming at you was our next episode. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have some special guests. Tune into our social media, as I said, Twitter at WVU Country Roads, Facebook and Instagram, Country Roads webcast for announcements on who will be joining us for the season prediction roundtable. If you're watching on YouTube, as always, hit that like button. Give us that thumbs up. Help this video's performance here on YouTube and help our future videos performances as well. And as we always like to say, hit that subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this film in your football content out to Mountaineer Nation. You can also listen to the audio side on any podcast platform. And if you're there on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating if you would. And, of course, always sharing us is one of the best ways for us to grow here at the Country Roads webcasts. That being said, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we uh, close out the Season 5 kickoff show? Um, I don't got anything. Steve, you got anything? Nope. Just touching on Best Virginia again. The game is against the Red Scare tomorrow. Uh, today we're recording on a Thursday. Tomorrow yeah, is Friday. Friday, the 28th, 29th at 9 o'clock at night. So Yeah, probably drop, this, this should come out Friday at some point, so hopefully this is this should be out before so then, I think. If today is Friday, then it's tonight. The game is tonight. Yep. In a few hours. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it was on ESPN2 right. or ESPN3. Can't remember one of those. Check on the ESPN app. It'll be on there, somewhere on there. Looking to it and looking forward to the start of Mountaineer football season. Hope you guys have been looking forward to the start of season five with the Country Roads webcast because it's here either way. And more importantly, Mountaineer football is on the way. But like I said, be on the lookout for the 2022 season prediction roundtable to find out our record predictions for West Virginia in the 2022 football season. We'll be looking forward to that. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Jordan Cruz for Steven and Bradley. Until next time, let's go. Mountaineer. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.